Destiny Church, Marshfield, how are we this morning? Man, hey, you guys could have been at the lake or anywhere else of your choosing today, but you chose to be here, and for that, we're grateful. And this last week in the summer, this Labor Day weekend, amen? It's a blessing and a privilege to have you join us today. For those of you that don't know me, uh, my name is Ryan Huff, and if this is your first time joining us at Destiny, I want to personally welcome you this morning. I pray that you've already been made welcome as you've entered the doors. Um, we love our first-time guests, don't we, church? Hey, I do have one favor for you, though, if you would, in a seat back around you, would you grab a welcome card, take a moment to fill that out, and then take it to our welcome table after the service. We just want to make a connection with you, get to know you a little bit, get you a free welcome gift just for joining us today. Pretty simple process, but once again, we're blessed and we're glad that you are here with us today. So it's been a hot minute since I've had the opportunity to speak in church. It's been a little bit, um, but I'm excited and I'm blessed to get to be able to bring the word to you the word to you today. So um, as a church, we've been going through the book of James verse by verse, divulging into the scriptures and digging in deeper um, to see what James has to reveal to us. And have you guys been enjoying this series so far? Has it been challenging to anybody? Has anybody figured out how to have joy in trials yet? Man, I was hoping so, because I was going to say, if so, you were going to be preaching next week. But... No, hey, I'm always a fan of diving deeper into Scripture, and I'm a huge fan of going through the Bible verse by verse, because I believe we gain knowledge, wisdom, and application by doing this. And I love Pastor Mark's illustration about how he was painting a wall, and when you go through it verse by verse, you actually get to paint the entire wall and cover the entire thing, and you don't skip around from place to place. So I believe it's very, very beneficial. And I believe topical preaching like Pastor Mark too is very, very beneficial as well, and it too has its place. But I'm going to say that we're going to continue in the book of James, um, seeking in and digging in deeper and diving in, gaining wisdom and seeing what we can do um, with that over the next few months. Because Timothy says that all of God's word is, is God or all of God's word is God breathed and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. Right. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped to do every good work. But I'm going to ask you for a little bit of grace this morning. As I just mentioned, um, topical preaching does have its place, and I feel like God has given me a word this morning. So would you guys extend me some grace today to take a break for one week from the book of James and to be able to stay and speak what God's placed on my heart? Okay, amen. You know, I, I believe when God reveals something to us, um, you know, and he gives us a word or he gives us some kind of a discernment or something like that, you know, it's our responsibility and it's our obedience to be able to see that through. And so God's been placing some stuff on my heart over the last couple months, and I wasn't exactly sure why. Um, and obviously, as most of you know, last week was Pastor Mark's last weekend here at Destiny Church. So it's kind of became obvious to why God has been placing these things on my heart. And I know there's many thoughts, concerns, opinions, and ideas about who and what and when and how these things are going to look moving forward. And if I'm to be honest with you, church, I too have some of those same thoughts, concerns, ideas. Um, you know, that's just our human nature, right? We just, we just want to be in the know. We just want to have assurance, and we want to know what's going to happen. So I too have some of those, but I do fully believe this. I believe that God is moving, stirring, and utilizing this season within our church to grow us into a deeper spiritual maturity and a deeper relationship with him. Amen? Amen? And I know we don't have all the answers right now. 
and I know that things are going to look and feel different for a while. I've had many of you come up to me already this morning and say the exact same thing. And I wish I could stand up here and tell you exactly who and what and when and where and why things are going to happen. But transparently, I can't. But know this, I wholeheartedly believe that God is in control of everything taking place. He is in control of every single thing taking place because he is our sustainer, our provider, our comforter, and our protector. And he's going to see us through this. Amen? If you have faith for it in your heart, say amen. amen. So what's our next role? What are we called to do as believers in this next season? And better yet, how can we be encouraged? Not only in this season as a church moving forward, but what about when we face different seasons in our lives? Because some of us are facing some hurt, some sadness, anxious thoughts, and even doubt. And that's okay. Some of us even question why we go through the things that we face. And sometimes we don't have the ability to control the things that happen to us. But Ecclesiastes says there's a time for everything. And so I don't necessarily have a key passage this morning that I'm going to be breaking down and analyzing. And I really honestly don't even have one main point. So I'm just asking you guys to bear with me this morning as I get through this, because I'm going to be moving around quite a bit. But my ultimate hope and prayer this morning is to bring encouragement. It's to deliver a message that God has placed on my heart, and it's for us to leave here inspired and encouraged so that we can go out and be an encouragement to others. You guys good with that? Okay, so if you brought your Bible with you this morning, do me a favor and turn with me to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter three. If you didn't bring it, that's perfectly fine. It's gonna be on the screen behind me here. So King Solomon, the son of King David, and one of the wisest kings ever to reign is credited with writing the book of Ecclesiastes, the book of Proverbs, and the book of Song of Songs. So let's take a look at some wise counsel that King Solomon gives. Ecclesiastes three, one through 12 says this. It says, there is a time for everything, a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to plant and be born, a time to die, a time to uproot. I'm sorry, let me start that over. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. And he has set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from the very beginning to end. And I know that there's nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for this opportunity, Lord. I just thank you for everyone who made the choice to show up today when they could have been somewhere or anywhere else, Father. And I just pray that, Lord, that as we're here amongst you, that you open our hearts, that you open our minds. 
Lord, that we receive the truth of your word, that we're transformed by it, Lord. I pray that you use me as a vessel this morning to be able to deliver. Lord, I pray for boldness. I pray for confidence this morning, but I pray ultimately that we can leave inspired and encouraged, Lord, digging deeper into your word, Father, and being revealed um, what you have for us this morning. God, move in mighty, mighty ways. Give us clarity. Give us confidence um, in this next season of our lives, Father. We're just asking you that you lead our path, that you guide it, God, and we're putting our full control and trust in your hands, Jesus. We love you and praise you. Amen. Hey, school is back in session, and all my parents said... Yeah, come on. I know, I know I'm excited about my kids going back to school. Come on. High school football's begun. The NFL season is getting ready to kick off. Praise Jesus. Go Chiefs. Sorry, Derek. The fall doesn't officially begin until September 23rd, but you know what? The fall season is upon us. Are you guys ready for fall? Do I have any fall fans in the house? Not pumpkin spice people because you drink that junk year round. I'm talking about my fall people. For the record, I don't like pumpkin spice, but I do love fall. I just love when summer ends and the fall season begins. It just does something inside of me. So I get really, really excited about that. And God created the seasons. In Genesis chapter one, we see that on the fourth day of creation, God said, let there be lights in the expanse of heaven to separate the day and night and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years and God is so precise in his creation and his design of the earth that he placed it on an axis, he tilted it, and he caused it to rotate. And this pristine design that he created is the reason that we have seasons and climate changes. And had he not done this, we would have one constant season. And I can't imagine a season of constant summer or constant winter, amen? I'm so thankful that God chose to do what he did. And there's purpose behind the seasons that he created. And not only in the climactic, but also in our spiritual. And I believe the seasons that we have to endure and go through have the ability to grow, strengthen, and refine our faith. Would you agree? The Lord created these seasons in our lives to shape us, to help us deal, and to create in us who he intended and desired us to be. He uses the seasons to show us that he is good and he can make all things beautiful in their time. Seasons, both good and bad, are ways for God to capture our hearts and our faith. And I'm sure all of us have faced many different seasons in our lives. Some really good seasons, some eh, okay seasons, some really, really tough seasons, and some seasons that really just sucked. Amen? Can you say that on stage? I think Mark did. That's all right, right? Hey, Mark's gone. I can say whatever I want now. No, I'm just kidding. Mark, if you're listening to this on the podcast, we love you. We miss you. Um, we're praying for you, brother. But we've all faced some really, really tough seasons. And, and Solomon, the, the writer of Ecclesiastes, is saying, listen, there's a time for everything. We're going to experience change. We're going to experience different seasons throughout our lives. That's inevitable, right? And we can't control some of the things that take place and some of the things that happen to us, but we do have the ability to control how we choose to respond in those seasons. And so today's message isn't necessarily meant to fully focus on a specific season per se, but rather to bring encouragement, to bring hope and to inspire a voice of encouragement in all of us so that we can be an encouragement to those around us whenever they're going and enduring a season in their lives. And if we look back at the Old Testament, we can find a man 
Who knows about this all too well? And many of you have probably heard of Job. And for those of you who haven't, Job was a faithful man of God. But Job suffered and endured severe misfortunes in his life when Satan attacked him just to see how faithful he actually was. And Job endured so much pain and so much loss, but he kept his faith. And eventually, God restored Job to an even greater measure. And while Job's faith and his trust in God is extremely important, admirable, and it's something that we can learn from and grow from, that's not what I want to talk about today. That's a sermon for another time. But I do want to look at Job's response to the people that were around him. The friends who were supposed to be encouraging, uplifting, and bringing Job um, inspiration and comfort. They were supposed to be breathing life into Job, but they were found criticizing, ridiculing, speaking negatively, and even telling Job it was his fault for the things that he was going through. And now some seasons in our life are created by our own choices and can be self-inflicted. Would you agree? There's some things that we do in life that, you know what, we've got to face a season because of the choices that we made. But even in that, remember that we have the ability and the opportunity to control our thoughts, our actions, and our responses in those seasons. And I'm sure none of us want to experience anything close to what Job had to endure. But I do love his response to his critics, if I'm being honest, because it's just kind of... It's kind of fleshly, but I kind of like it. It's kind of a righteous anger response, and I kind of just think it fits perfect in this. But I do want to be the quality of friend and companion that Job was or would have been had the tables had been turned. And let's look at Job's response to his friends. In Job 16, verses 2 through 5, it says this. Now, this is after Job's friends have been supposed to be comforting him, ministering to him, loving on him, and they've been trying to guide him, and they've been blaming him, and they've been telling all the reasons why he's going through the season that he's going through. And this is what Job rebuttals to his friends. He said, I've heard all this before. What miserable comforters you are. Won't you ever stop blowing hot air? What makes you keep talking? I could say the same things if you were in my place. I could spout off criticisms and shake my head at you. But if it were me, I would encourage you. I would try to take away your grief. And in the most trying time of Job's life, all he needed was some encouragement. Now, I can confidently say, I can stand up here and confidently say that I think many of us in this room right here would be of some sort of encouragement if we knew that we, somebody was facing some really traumatic times, right? I know many of you. I've seen your hearts. I've seen the way that, that you guys gather food and you take it to, to somebody who's had a baby or somebody who's had a misfortunate loss in their family. And I've seen the church kind of gather around them. And I think our church absolutely excels to exude that type of love and compassion and encouragement. Would you guys agree? Yeah. So I'm not talking about the critical or the catastrophic, but what about the day-to-day, everyday life stuff? Because I know we're a compassionate church in the catastrophic times, and I know we're, 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 we excel when it comes to really, really needing to minister to somebody who's really needing something that's, that's been horrible in their life. But what about the day-to-day? What about the people who are around us every single day of our lives just going through the normal day life stuff? And I know we're all busy, and we all go through stuff, right? Is everybody going through some stuff? We just got to go through stuff. It's part of life. Life brings us to these things. But sometimes wouldn't it be nice to have just a little bit of encouragement on a day-to-day basis while you're enduring some of the stuff that this life throws at us? 
And now if I'm being honest in here, there's probably times that we, and I'm talking about mostly I, can reflect the attitude of Job's friends, unfortunately. And I have no doubt that they loved and that they cared for Job. They just didn't choose to comfort and encourage him in the way that they probably should have. Have you ever had somebody, or have you ever asked somebody, hey, how's it going? How are you doing? Only to still be there an hour later listening to every single unfortunate mishap that's happened to them in their entire life since the eighth grade. And all the while, the line at Walmart's backed up past sporting goods, and you're sitting there like, good gosh, just please stop. Right? Have you ever done that? No, I'm the only one. So the next time that you go into church, all you do is you take your COVID mask and you start hacking and gagging so people run away so they don't have to, you know, I got to talk to them. I am not the only one who does that, am I? Or you completely avoid somebody, the phone call or something like that, because you know that it's going to bring you down. It's going to be a constant gripe session. Because every time you talk to them, it's a woe is me, pity party, oh, my life's terrible kind of thing. So you just don't choose to answer them or you purposely avoid them. Pastor Mark sent me a picture of a shirt that he said he was going to buy me. It says, I'm not angry, I'm just passionate. Um, but I thought that was kind of funny. I'm like, wow, I really am, I really am that guy, aren't I? But, but Job's friends were being pessimistic and negative. And if I'm being honest, I can tend to leave it on the negative side of things too. I really am, it's funny because Eric Woodkey even made a comment yesterday, but I really am a glass half empty kind of guy. I really am. But since I'm pouring it, I get to choose how much I want in there. So I'm a little over a glass half empty kind of guy. <clears throat> hey, when you get to pour your own, you can do whatever you want to do. But I've allowed circumstances and things that have happened to me, the people that have hurt me, and the seasons in my life to dictate my attitude. And that's not right. But for some of us, this becomes our def defense mechanism. Can anybody else relate to what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you've allowed things that have happened to you to dictate your attitude towards your views on life, and so you become defensive, right? And let me tell you, negativity is contagious, amen? Amen. Negativity will breed negativity. And our experiences and circumstances can actually impact and shape and determine the outcome of how we view life. And you can't have a positive life if your mind and speech are filled with negative thoughts. You can't have a positive life if your mind and thoughts and speech are filled with negative thoughts. Did I say that wrong? Did I say that again? Anyway, you guys understand. You get it. But you know what? I can look at this glass that's half full or half empty, right? But whenever I look at it, I see what's missing. So if I do this, I, I'm looking at the half, the half empty. Like I can see what's missing, what I don't have, what's been taken from me, what I've lost. And then that becomes my focus. My focus becomes solely on what I don't have and what I'm missing out on and what I need to get in order to make myself happy. And when that becomes my focus, it leads me to doubt, being defensive, uncertainty. And it shifts my focus from being grateful for what I have left over. Now, if I cover this up, this is what I have left over. But when I'm focusing on what I don't have, it leads me to be uncertain and bitter and ungrateful for the things that I'm missing out on. And I forget to be grateful for the things that I have. And I begin to grumble. 
And there's way too much negative in this world, church. There's way too much negative in this world. But if we're constantly focusing on the concerns, the loss, what we don't have, the uncertain, how are we ever going to be able to be an encouragement to others around us? Because we're going to be filled with emptiness and resentment, and we're going to be just like Job's friends when we go to minister to others. And that's exactly why two people can walk into the exact same place or have the exact same experience and have two completely different opinions. Let's take this church, for example. Two people can walk into this church and one person can walk in and go, my gosh, this church is absolutely terrible. They don't even have drums. That worship was awful. Who doesn't have drums on a Sunday morning? Oh my gosh, that pastor's an idiot. He goes on and on. It's like, shut up already. Oh, that church is so cliquish. I would never attend that church. But somebody else could walk into the exact same church and go, wow, I can feel the presence of God in this building. Man, that worship touched my soul. That pastor was absolute fire. Thanks, babe. Thanks, babe. My wife said that but you know what? It's two completely different experiences, or, or it's the same experience, but two different outlooks. Two people can work at the same job, the same office, no matter what it is, have the exact same job, work around the exact same coworkers, and have two completely different views based on their attitude. They can literally go in there and go, man, I got to get up for work and grumble and stomp around and stomp around and put your clothes on and go, I got to go to work and my boss sucks and I hate my coworkers are a bunch of jerks and I hate this. And I, I got 30 more years of this crap and my life just sucks. And the other person that's walking there side by side can literally go, get up and go, God, thank you for today. I'm grateful that I have the opportunity to have a job so I can provide for my family and thank you for the people that you put in my life because they're my mission field and they need Jesus as much as I do. And God, I got 30 more years of this where I'm going to be able to have a career and I'm going to be able to retire. I'm going to be able to enjoy life and enjoy my kids. And God, I'm just thankful that I have breath in my lungs this morning. It's the same experience with two completely different views. Our thoughts and words spoken can actually determine our experience. Our thoughts and words spoken can actually determine the outcome of our experiences. So if we're already negative when we go in, we're going to have a negative experience. Amen? If we go in doubtful, we're going to leave doubtful. If we go in encouraged, we're going to be encouraged when we leave. Our thoughts can actually determine the outcome of our experiences. And I've been trying to do this in my life for the past couple months. I've been challenging my wife. I've been challenging my kid to do this. And trust me, it's hard sometimes. It's really hard. But instead of me focusing on what I don't have and what I need to do today and all the loss and all the things and the people that have hurt me and all the concerns and the worries and the fears and the doubts that I'm facing all day long, I say, you know what, God? This is what I'm grateful for this morning. I'm grateful that I still have something left in my cup. And today I'm grateful that you're choosing me. And I'm grateful that I got breath in my lungs. And I'm grateful that there's an opportunity. And if we'll start our day off with the gratitude and the gratefulness of what we still have left, it's going to determine that we're going to have a different outcome through that day. Amen? Amen? Amen. Because if we don't have an attitude of gratitude, then we're never going to find joy in anything, church. That's a sermon for another time as well. Y'all are just got to have me come back. I got a couple of sermons I need to preach. Is that okay if I come back? Come on. But listen, we as believers and followers of Christ, we are called to speak life, right? We got hope inside of us. 
We're called to be uplifting, to portray hope, and to be of encouragement. Hebrews 3.13 says, But encourage one another daily, as long as today is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. And Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue has power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So regardless if you are a glass half empty or a glass half full person, Ultimately, the desire would be for the whole thing to be filled up, right? It would be completely full. But you know what? What if we didn't even use this? What if it didn't matter if the glass was half empty or half full? What if we use something a little bit different? We all need a little bit of encouragement, right? So what if we didn't have to sit there and look at what we don't have or what we do have? What if we just use something just a little bit different? Because Hebrews says, encourage one another daily. So what if we, ourselves, we all need encouragement daily, right? So what if whenever we need encouragement in our lives, what if we actually gave encouragement? What if whenever we're facing a season or a trial or something in our life, and we need a little bit of inspiration, we need a little bit of hope, what if we actually went and poured and ministered it out to others? Because Proverbs 11.25 says, the generous will prosper. And those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And so, God, I'm sitting here and I'm like, God, I'm worried. And, I'm, and I've got some doubt going on in my mind. And Lord, Pastor Mark left. And like, what are we going to do? I don't, I don't know what's going to happen to this church. And I got all these people asking what's going on. And, and, we, and we're just all concerned. And we, and we don't know. And, and God, there's, there's some doubt creeping in my mind. But what if I just went out and I said, hey, man, I see y'all. I see you guys. You guys are raising them babies. It's so awesome. I'm proud of you. I just want you to know you guys are on my heart, my mind. And man, I just love you guys. And I'm praying for you guys this morning. I'm praying for you guys. You guys are being so, so good to me. Hey, and listen, baby, you are fine. I love you so much. If you ain't encouraging your spouse daily, shame on you. You should be encouraging your wives and your husbands daily. Yeah, you look really good too. Thank you. You cook really good too. Come on. Lord, pray for me. Hey, brother, I see you. You know what I mean? I see, I see what you're doing with those youth every single weekend, dude. And we're grateful to have you as our leader. And you're, you're, you're taking these kids and you're exposing them to Jesus. And for that, man, we're grateful. We really are. It's, it's so good. It's so good. Hey, Bob, it's good to see you in church, baby. Woo! Come on, man. I'm glad you're here today, Bob. Man, it's an encouragement to me that you're actually here. And if we're continually going out and pouring into people every single day of our lives, you know what? Whenever we face something, it's like, man, I'm worried. Did I make the right decision? Man, I God, I've been pouring, Lord, and I, man, I'm struggling right now. I don't know if I made the right decision, and I'm kind of worried, and, and I, and I'd, man, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen, and I don't, yeah, man, hey, hey, thanks, brother. Hey, thank you. You know what I mean? And if I'm continually pouring out, come on, church, if I'm pouring out, and Jesse's coming and pouring back into me, and Rob's going and pouring back into Jesse, and Bob's pouring into me. If we're all pouring into one another each and every single day of our lives, and we're doing what God's called us to do, there's never going to be a need to see if our glass is half empty or half full, because we're going to be overflowing with gratitude. It's never ending. We're always going to be an encouragement, and no matter what we face in life, no matter what things are thrown at us, 
It might be hard, but you're going to have hope and you're going to have inspiration and you're going to be filled with this joy because you know that God's doing something in your life and you got people around you who are going to encourage you daily, who love you, who care about you because he who began a good work in you will see it through until the day of completion in our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. He's not finished yet. Every single day, we have an opportunity to pour and invest and love and inspire and encourage people because you know what? Every single day of our lives, we have to have it ourselves. And when we're refreshing others and we're being refreshed by others, we won't even need to worry about if our glass is half full or half empty. It's going to be overflowing. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And I know, church, in this season of my life, I could definitely use some refreshing. And I want to have the ability, I want to have this desire inside of me that's built up that to where I want, I want to encourage people daily. I don't want to hide from them. I don't want to put a mask on and be like, oh, Lord, there they are. I don't want nothing to do with. I want to be so filled with gratefulness and encouragement in my life that I can't help but pour out whenever I run into people. We as believers have been called to live an abundant, grateful, hopeful life, to put our hope and our faith and our trust in Jesus who gives us his spirit, to carry out the works that he started within us in an even greater measure. Amen? Amen. Hebrews 10, 25 through 23, it says this. It says, let us hold unswervingly, say unswervingly, unswervingly. to the hope we profess for he who promises faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And sometimes you got to spur some people, right? Sometimes you got to kick some people in the side and tell them to get up, don't you? I remember a time in my life where I went through a season about seven or eight years ago where I struggled and I struggled. And I wasn't going to do this, but I'm sorry. And I struggled and I kept telling myself, and I had somebody really, really close to me every single day, how you doing, how you doing, how you doing, that annoying friend, how you doing, how you doing, how you, man, shut up, I'm just going through a season, I don't want to talk, shut up, I don't want to talk about it. Every single day of my life, he kept asking me for three freaking years, and he kept kicking me in the side, spurred me on, and finally I kept saying, man, I'm just in the season right now, leave me alone, and he said, stop telling yourself that. He said, stop telling yourself you're in a season, that's a lie from the enemy, and I said, don't tell me what to say. And don't tell me what to think. And don't tell me what to do. You don't know what I'm going through. Stop telling me that. And he said, stop telling yourself that. And that exact phrase is what ended up bringing me out of the darkest season of my life. Sometimes we got to spur one another on and tell somebody it's time to get up. Amen? Amen? Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some of you are in the habit of doing but encouraging one another all the more as you see to the day approaching. And I need encouragement in my life every single day, not negativity. I'm tired of speaking death. I'm tired of not living the life that I want to live. I'm tired of giving in to the uncertain. I'm not going to give in to doubt anymore. I don't want to be critical, analyzing on things, why, why things can't happen, won't happen, or I'm wondering why I'm going through the seasons that I'm going through. And I don't want my experiences and my thoughts and my words to impact the outlook that I have on the experiences that I face in life in a negative manner. I'm choosing to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. I'm being intentional every single morning and looking at, the, at what I'm grateful for because the world has enough negativity brewing. Amen? Amen. 
And it's time that we as a church, it's time that we as believers acknowledge that we carry hope and encouragement in our lives every single day. Because the thoughts, our words, and the things that we choose to say, they have a complete impact on people around us. And not only on people around us, but they have an impact on us as well. It's exactly why Ephesians 4.29 says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to what? Not my needs. No, Lord, what about, what about me? What, what about, no, according to their needs, because whenever you refresh others, your needs are gonna be met. Amen. That it may benefit those who listen. Sam, you can come on up. Mark told me to make sure, he called me last night, he said, make sure you make Sam come up because it makes you sound more spiritual. I'm like, oh, whatever. <laughs> Lord, help us. <clears throat> Pastor Craig Rochelle said this. He said, you encourage what you want to see. You're gonna encourage what you want to see. And I'll tell you this, church, I don't claim to stand up here and have the gift of prophecy but I've had this vision three times of a big, huge, desolate tree. Will you put that last slide on there for me, Dana? I've had this vision three times of a tree similar to this. And the very first time I had it, I didn't know what it meant. I just thought, man, it's a dead tree standing in the middle of a field. And then I had it again, probably a week, week and a half later. And I thought, okay, it's supposed to mean something. I really don't really know what it honestly is, but whatever. And the week before Pastor Mark decided to leave, um, I had it again. And I'm sitting here looking and I'm like, well, God, why do you keep showing me this dead tree standing in the middle of the field? And God said, the tree's not dead. Right now, it just looks desolate and it looks bare and, it, and, and it's sitting there, but that tree is not dead. You see, that tree is going through a change of season. And that tree has shed its leaves for the winter to take on so that it can store nutrients in its trunk. And that tree's getting ready to endure some really, really harsh conditions, some inclement weather, some tough things in its life. It might even lose some branches, it might lose some limbs. But don't be fooled why it's going through that season because all the while that that tree's in the middle of that season, its roots are growing down deep. Its roots are penetrating into the ground and it's learning how to persevere and it's enduring the hardships that it has to face in order to grow stronger and become more mature and to be bolder. And you know what? Whenever the seasons change again, because I'm here to tell you the season will change, that tree is gonna be taller, it's gonna be fuller, it's gonna be stronger and it's gonna produce more fruit than it ever has. That's the vision that God keeps giving me. He's saying, be encouraged. Stand strong. Dig your roots down deep. You are going to flourish. Amen? It's going to bloom again. Some seasons in our life are beautiful. <laughs> like when you get married. Like when you have a kid or a grandkid. You find that dream job or you begin a new relationship. And then there's other seasons of our lives that we go through that are a lot more painful. Like the loss of a loved one or a diagnosis that you prayed that you would never get, the loss of a job or a relationship that may be shattered beyond repair. 
And there's some seasons that you wish you could literally pause and live in forever. And there's some seasons that you wish you could just fast forward and get the heck through. Maybe even avoid altogether. And whatever season you find yourself in today, whether it's a season of joy or hardship, uncertainty, know this, church, there's purpose in your season. There's purpose behind it. And the Lord's going to be there to see you through. And when your season changes, you're going to be stronger because of it. And I can assure you, we're going to be walking right alongside you, encouraging you every single day to help you get through it. Amen? Because there's purpose in every season. And there's a time for everything. Socrates said this. He said, the secret of change is to focus all of your energy, not on fighting the old, but on building the new. And so we're entering a new season, church. And we don't know exactly what that's going to look like. We do know it's going to look different. But we're going to be encouraged and hopeful. Amen? Amen. And it's going to take all of us. It's going to take each and every single one of us getting through this next season because you know what? Each and every single one of us, the moment that we accept that Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, has been given a measure of the Holy Spirit. And you've been given a gift. Each and every single one of us has been given a gift. So we have purpose in this season because 1 Peter, 1 Peter says this. It says, you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. You're here on purpose for a purpose. And there's purpose behind the season that we're going through. So we're going to speak life. We're going to be life breathing and we're going to encourage and we're going to spur one another on and we're not going to give into doubt, worry, fear, opinion and we're asking that all of us come alongside each other and that we dig our roots in deep and that we're going to be encouraged and we're going to encourage others because church, we're going to flourish in the next season. Amen? Amen. We're going to fix our eyes on what is not seen because sometimes we can't see what God's doing. We couldn't see that that tree is literally growing its roots down deep in the middle of a desolate, dark winter. So sometimes we don't understand what God is doing, but we're going to put our hope, our faith, and our trust in God and in the unseen because we know that he's working, right? Because we know that he works together for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. So I'm asking you to dig in deep, church. It's going to be good because if God's for us, then who can be against us? Amen? Amen. Come on, Jesus, we just thank you so much, Lord. Lord, I know this message is a little bit different. It's not necessarily a salvation-type message or a message that is supposed to be convicting, but God, I pray that it's encouraging. I pray that we can just leave here a little bit bolder today, Lord, a little bit reassured that even in the absence of the known, that we're gonna have the faith to believe, God. God, faith is the assurance of what we can't see and the promise for the things that we're hoping for. And God, we're knowing, we're believing, God, that you're moving in the midst of all this. Father, that when we go through transitions and seasons in our lives, God, I pray that you place people intentionally around us who will bring an encouraging word to us daily, God. Lord, I pray that whenever we need refreshed, God, we're gonna refresh others and therefore we're gonna be refreshed ourselves. And I pray that we can be bold in that, Father, that we're filled with hope and joy and peace in our hearts, God, knowing and that we're excited for the new season. God, that when things come against us, Lord, it may hurt and it may not be what we want, but God, ultimately there is a time for everything and God, it's in your timing. 
And I'm asking God that you move mountains that are in people's way right now in the seasons that they face. God, I pray that they can be emboldened. I pray that you put people around them to bring them an encouragement. God, that we do life together. Lord, I pray that you just give us discernment and wisdom in this next season, that you lead our paths, that you open the doors that need to be opened, that you close the doors that need to be closed. But God, ultimately, that we are gonna speak life over this. We're not gonna be negative. We're not gonna let our fears and we're not gonna let our opinions be the driving factor. But God, ultimately, your will is gonna be done in this church, in us. And God, you're gonna grow us to a deeper level of maturity and a deeper relationship with you, Father. We're gonna give you all the praise and all the glory for what you're gonna do. In Jesus' name, amen.